Kids and parents now in the second half of the school year and this new startup may bring great excitement for some students and dread for others and everything in between. So how can we make the best of this new start for a student in our life? Well, here to help us out is Dr. Kathy Cook, founder of Celebrate Kids, author of Screens and Teens, Eight Great Smarts, Start with the Heart, Five to Thrive, and her latest Resilient Kids, Raising Them to Embrace Life with Confidence. And welcome back, Kathy. Always love having you. Well, thank you. I love being on the show. Appreciate it. You betcha. So, Kathy, as we head into this, like, second half of the school year, so to speak, you know, what do you see is the mindset of a lot of kids these days as they head into that second half? Gosh, a great question to start with. Um, <clears throat> there's a lack of confidence among a lot of our students today because of what they see in the news, what they might overhear moms and dads talking about regarding schooling and school choice, um, a broken system perhaps. But mm-hmm. even even homeschooled kids and kids in good schools are potentially a bit discouraged, more so than maybe in the past. Um, So that's something to be alert to. So what's one way we can really turn that around, Kathy, as we're thinking about this spring semester? Is there something we can do as influencers of children in our life? Uh, Yes, and praise God, right? Mm -hmm. He gives us these these opportunities to be, you know, difference makers. I'm going to tell you the three most important beliefs, and this might surprise people, but based on research for what, what motivates kids to work toward a, a good goal, three things. They have to believe that they have value. They have to believe that learning matters. And they have to believe that their future can be bright. Like, if I don't have value, then school doesn't matter. Learning doesn't matter. Grades don't matter. Obedience doesn't matter. Nothing matters if I don't have value. So if you see children and grandchildren who are apathetic, who don't seem to care about excellence, just ask yourself whether or not they value themselves and make sure you talk with them about that and share scripture and share why do you love them, why do you like them, and what do you see about who they are. Secondly, they have to value learning, not grades, but learning, curiosity, mm. and you know, a, a diligent pursuit of truth. And so do we model, as men and women are in our community, in our churches, and in our homes, do we model that learning excites us? Are we curious? Do they see us? discover something on the web or in a book or in a journal and and get excited about that. And then third, and really interesting today in our culture, third is I have to believe that my future can be bright. I just talked to the mom yesterday whose 16-year-old son doesn't know what he wants to do in the future. And because he can't figure out what he's going to do after high school, his grades have plummeted because he doesn't Mm. see a reason. So you have to value your future. You have to believe that it'll be bright. And, you know, because of what, what's gone on in the last three you know, to four years, there are some kids who wonder, you know, is life worth living? Yeah. Hmm. So, Kathy, let's talk about that for a second, like the 16-year-old that doesn't have everything figured out already yeah. about what they want to do and where they want to go and what they I mean, to me, and maybe I'm off base here, but maybe that's not the most important thing for them to be thinking about at that particular age. Sure maybe thinking about it, but not making it the most important thing. The most important thing is, like you said, is focusing on learning and trying to, um, you know, learn what they can now. Is that a good way to to describe it and for a parent to to look at it with them? I I would agree with that for sure, Ken. And I think 
what's really interesting and maybe a little bit frightening is that there are high school kids today will have careers that don't yet exist. Oh, yeah. yeah because right. of yeah. the change, right? Yeah. Because of the change in our culture, the speed of change, you can graduate with an excellent you know, engineering or chemistry degree or whatever from a great school and be hired and have systems be totally different. And so it's not so much what am I going to do, it's who am I going to be. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be content? Am I going to be loving? Am I going to be generous? Am I going to be patient and good? And then what I said to this mom and this boy yesterday was, you know, education isn't just about career. Education is supposed to prepare us for life. I love to tell kids that the purpose of school is to not get you ready for more school. The purpose of school, ultimately, right, and the purpose of Sunday school and church ought to be to get us ready for more of life. And your life can be bright, and it's okay if you don't know yet. Today's kids are multi-talented and multi-passionate and multi-interested and multi-able and they want to be happy all the time. And so for them to decide at the age of 16, 17, or even 18 or 19 what they want to do with their whole life, like, I don't think it was a good idea for us when we were young. But it sure yeah. isn't a good idea for today's kids because they just see so much more than we did at their age. So, you know, just pursuing life and pursuing goodness and letting kids know that they'll meet a person or they'll, they'll take a course somewhere, they'll, they'll read a book sometime. And that will trigger passion within them that will then help them see God's plan for their future. So how can they block out, though, those uh, institutions? Because I've heard this before. Kids need to decide before ninth grade their direction, things like that. So and and that's coming from the school or the teachers or those that are, you know, trying to push them forward in in a career sort of situation. And they and they want the kids to excel by saying, well, if you want to be so-and-so, you got to be the mm. top student at ninth grade. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, so you can get in med school or whatever it is, or you can get in Princeton. And there's right. also parents that really buy into this and, and they're like, well, what's wrong with my child? She's not excelling at top of her class in second grade. <laughs> Those sort of things. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah that, that's brave of you to bring that up. Really good point. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of teachers are trying to do their very best, you know, and I, I think the system is is really challenging. And I, I would certainly encourage educators to be realistic about, you know, the current culture and what's going on. It's it's not true that that's essential at all. What I want is for kids to be college worthy, but I don't think they should all go. I think we need kids in the trades and the tech industries. We need kids who pursue military, marriage, and parenting. And we, we need kids to believe that, even if they don't know yet, they go. Then they go to a trade school. They go to a junior college. They go to a college with a lot of programs. They they do well, and they find out what they're going to do down the road. Yeah, that's really good. What about um, you know the kids having mentors in their life? Because I know sometimes parents can think that well, they're listening to somebody else instead of me. Um, and that might be a problem for some parents. Well, it can be depending on the person that they're listening to. Uh, but what about the kids having maybe some other mentors that they look up to? What about that? Yeah, thanks for asking that. No, really good point. Um, teenagers in particular will begin to wonder what other adults think. You know, dad and mom say something about school or church or the Bible or God or life in general, and they want to know, do my kids' friends' parents think the same thing? So nothing wrong with them hearing from other people. Now, this is why we teach discernment. We make sure that they're not listening to you know, people with a very different, you know, worldview. I think that's important. 
but it is essential. For instance, if you think your kid is creative, invite someone over for lunch who's creative that you yeah. know from work, church, or neighborhood. If you think someone might be called to, you know, a medical profession and there's a nurse or a doctor or a physical therapist or someone who you know, invite that person over for dinner and, and give your kids exposure to a variety. There's a lot of students who, um, even young kids, are beginning to wonder about how the world works and they don't know what all the options are. They know what mom and dad do, maybe, and maybe know what, you know, a best friend's dad does for a living, but we can give them more of a vision, not just again for career, but for how life works. Um, absolutely significant. We have lost the art of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about the two of you, but when my brother and I were kids, my mom and dad had people in the home, and we got to interact with people from, you know, different perspectives and, and different careers certainly, and and it was good for us. Mm-hmm. And this Definitely. is, I think, something where the church can really stand up because if you're going to Awana or you're taking your kids to places like that, and and there's older people that can really build into their life and can encourage them. Um, I think this is where the church can really pay attention to, hey, looks like that child really needs encouragement and step up. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, what about involving older people with younger people and youth pastors who invite youth to serve at a senior adult luncheon after church on Valentine's Day? And lo and behold, there's a really unique connection that's made all kinds of things can happen there. The church ought to be not divided generationally as often as it is, because there is such wisdom there. It's interesting that we're talking about this in light of you know thriving in school, which is you know kind of how we started. But it, it's true. We've got to give kids a vision for their tomorrows, which often happens when they interact with other people, and mm. they find out that you know life can be rich and grand and it's not about career money or school it's about relationships and frankly we would say a commitment to Christ right mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. yeah that's for sure so one one other thing Kathy and that is we talked a little bit about it earlier but when we're talk- talking with our kids and they maybe make mistakes or whatever and they're not getting uh, the best grades now or whatever the case might be what's how can we encourage them to understand that it's not failure, but they've made some mm-hmm. mistakes and it can be corrected. So t- how, do, how do we address that? Yeah, that's a great question, too. I think, again, how do we handle our mistakes? Do they see that we make some? Do we throw you know tantrums when we are called to the carpet at work because we forgot to turn in a report on time? You know, What do our kids hear us talk about mm. there? Um, I, think, I think that, again, is really significant. And I think knowing your children well, knowing your children well is a key. Are they capable of more and choose, they chose to be lazy, and that's a choice, and you've got to talk to your kids about mm-hmm. that, or do they not know how to do it well? Are they lacking study strategies? Are they lacking vocabulary? Are they lacking time management systems? And are they very overwhelmed? And every time they ask us a question, do we say, you should already know that? Or mm-hmm. you know, ask your teacher, I don't know what to tell you. You know, Are we available and are we helping and guiding and you know, helping them discover what it is that they don't yet know. You know, grades are important, and certainly that's true. Um, contentment's more important, in my opinion. Learning is more important. Um, the system of grades can be a little bit broken depending upon the school you have your kids in. So, yeah, but what do we want for our kids? We want them to do the very best that they're capable of doing because that honors the Lord. And so that's the conversation mm-hmm. to have. You know, I'm disappointed in your choice to be lazy. Well, what do you mean, Dad? I, I, you know... No. Did you study as much and as hard as you could have? Mm. Did you ask questions when you were confused? Did you review your vocabulary with your mom like she offered to do with you? 
Mm. Or were you prideful and did you think that you could do it on your own? We're a family Mm. and we're here to help each other. And there's no shame in saying, I'm overwhelmed, help me. We have those brave conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kathy, when we notice that our child is really having difficulty in the situation they're in at school, who should we bring into the conversation? Oh, that's a great question. You know, the first thing I thought of, which is interesting, is an older sibling. If there is an older sibling that your child respects, that child has had similar experiences to your child who's struggling Mm. and may be able to have a voice of reason about what happens if you don't stay engaged and and what happens. So maybe an older sibling, Mm. depending upon the situation, um, administrators, guidance counselors, teachers, obviously, you know, if a kid is in a school and is really struggling in an economics class or a Spanish class or whatever, you have every you know responsibility to advocate for your kid with your child's permission, depending upon the age of your child. You know, if they don't want you to go to the teacher, then you have to equip your child to go to the teacher on his or her own. And that, you know, that can be awkward. Um, again, even someone your kids respect, a, a babysitter, a children's pastor, mm. pastor mm. somebody who can say, you know, don't, don't lose this opportunity. Education matters, and I hear that you're not, you know, putting forth your full effort. You know, why is that? Certainly before we do that, you know, mom and dad together, if you guys, you know, if, they're, if you're parenting with someone, if you're married, if you've got a partner, even if you're divorced, but you're together to say that you want to raise your kids well, Mom and dad on a united front is absolutely significantly important. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's it sure is. That is Dr. Kathy Cook, and we so appreciate her wisdom and uh, knowledge about raising our kids. And if you want to get more information, a great website is their website, CelebrateKids.com, where you can get blogs and podcasts and books and even online courses, of course, and order their books and so forth, like Resilient Kids, which is the latest book uh, that's out by Kathy right now. Kathy, always a pleasure to mm-hmm. have you on with us. Thank you for your wisdom, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the invitation. I hope it's helpful.